Shining a light on the women creating impact, leading organizations, and mission-focused strategic programs across the federal technology and consulting community, this is Impact. I am being joined today on Impact by Martha Wilkes. And Martha is an accessibility strategist in the office of the Chief Technology Officer at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Is that all correct? Yes. That's a big title. That's a big title you got. <laughs> well, welcome and thank you for joining me today. Uh, it's my pleasure. This is fantastic. So thanks for inviting me. Yes. So let's start by talking about the past. So is there an experience or an event that you believe helped steer you down your current path? It's a bit of a long story. And had it not happened to me, I might have not even believed it. But I was laid off from a company that I'd been at for a really long time, and I thought I'd be at that company forever. So I found myself sort of a, you know, 50-ish year old woman in tech. Uh, this was a blow. This was a few years ago, right? So I kind of wandered in the wilderness there for a little bit. I had a couple contracts, and like, I wasn't finding that next permanent job. So I was, it started, you know, looking around at the world. I thought, okay, I've got to expand my horizons a little bit. I have to, you know, get out of my comfort zone, literally out of my location. And I, I think I saw a tweet about us digital service. And I thought, huh, I could like make a quote sacrifice. (laughs) Um, and and work at this, uh, maybe do this for a few years and then find my next, next job, like meet some new people and then like find the next thing, which is looking back a little bit selfish, I admit, uh, because and I also looking back, why did I never even consider working in the civic tech realm? Like I... it just never sunk into my brain. It was Maybe I saw them at some conferences. I'm a designer. So at design conferences, I think I remember people talking. It just never sunk in for me. And then at that moment, I applied on a whim. (laughs) Yeah. And I got in somehow. And then once I got there and I never worked in this realm of having this mission, like you really feel that mission. And it hooked me. Like then I was like, I never want to leave. <laughs> and so I, I really, again, I would not believe it. And I, it literally sounds like a Hallmark card that someone <laughs> sends you after you've been laid off. Like the best is yet to come. And I, I, I'm here to tell you, and I won't, would only tell you this because it is true. And it actually happened to me, which is really getting laid off was the best thing that happened to me because it led me down this path I never had planned for myself. And it's the best thing. Like now I work at the Department of Veterans Affairs and I I really do encourage people, especially middle-aged women like myself, if you found yourself in this situation and I'm so sorry if this has happened to you, I, it feels so awful uh, to be laid off, especially as a woman in tech in an older age, um, like you, you just never know what's going to happen to you. It could be the best thing that has ever happened to you because it happened to me. And I really do feel like, because the, by the way, the benefits are really good when you retire from the government. <laughs> so like, you know, have your career yes, yeah. the government and work here for a while and then kind of give back. And Oh, by the way, retire from the government. <laughs> 
I encourage other people to try it. <laughs> and it does seem like I've spoken to a lot of different people, and it does seem like just when things just seem bad, something great will happen. And you're just like, this. everything happens for a reason. Like, I really, I believe that. It would not have sunk in and I would never believe you at the time. Like I honestly would be like, yeah, you're yeah. lying. You're like, everything's so, so bad right now. Nothing good can happen. Yeah. So do you have a mentor or anyone that helped you along the way at any point? You know, I'm, I'm a little bit ashamed to say I've never had an official mentor in my whole career. Maybe I should have. <laughs> so please find one. Um, I have some unofficial mentors that they might not be aware they are my mentors. <laughs> and one, and one that really springs to mind is this fabulous, uh, woman I work with. Her name is Lauren Alexanderson. She's our deputy chief technology officer for health in our team. And she likewise came through this U.S. digital service realm and up at the Department of Veterans Affairs, and she leads our, uh, we're, we're having a big projects on bringing health benefits and health tools onto our VA.gov website. That's our main project is VA.gov. And she, Lauren, is just a fabulous example of just the, that dogged sort of like grit of sticking with it. <laughs> and, yeah. and it feels especially in government, that is a skill that one must have because uh-huh. the things are so giant and the yeah. literally the organizations are so giant. The projects are so giant and it's a little bit daunting. I can't lie. It's a lot daunting. You're like, Oh my God. I'm Yeah. It's easy to get discouraged sometimes. But, but you kind of have to stick with it. And her example Mm -hmm. of just keeping on reaching out to our business partners all over and over again, coming (laughs) back next time. uh, That's really a thing that I take a lot of inspiration and just knowledge from. Yeah, I had a boss way, way back when I was first starting out. She was the county executive for the county up here. And seeing a female in such a high position, I was so inspired that women could actually do something. I Like, I grew up with my my grandma was a housekeeper. My mom was a housekeeper. So for me, it was, I was like, wow. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic to have those examples and. And to see where it can lead you, honestly. Yeah. 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 So what do you think is the most important thing for leaders to keep in mind as they're guiding teams and driving organizations forward? So I'm going to focus on accessibility here. This is my okay. area of expertise and my area of focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have to have leadership buy-in to do this work. And we really want to set a tone and the culture for the whole team. And for me personally, I have become a relentless cheerleader for accessibility uh, to the point of probably being a bit of a pain to my, <laughs> an annoying pain to my colleagues, which I fully own. And I will tell them, look, I know I'm being a, being a brat here and I'm uh, kind of bugging you here. But when I hear my words coming out of their mouths, it's so great. Uh, yeah. and, and then when we ultimately the best thing that we have in this work is veterans who are disabled, veterans who Uh are blind, veterans who have traumatic brain injury. You know, the fact that we really center them in the design decisions that we make every single day, this is just 
it's always so motivating to the team. It's the right thing to do because they have earned their benefits and everybody, regardless of disability, has a right to access their benefits. Uh, but when we see progress and when we hear from veterans, it's just so motivating. And so I'm a bit of, again, I'm like this cheerleader slash person who like reminding person, annoying person, and then, and then a marketer. <laughs> you know, PR. Uh, so it all kind of rolls into that. So. Awesome. So now looking, is there one thing that comes to mind over the past five years that you would say has made the most significant impact on the future direction of accessibility? For us in the, in our team, in the office of the chief technology officer, it has unquestionably been the fact that we bring disabled veterans into our research process and design processes as early as possible. Um, and I have to say, as you, you know, we have our usability feedback sessions that we run and we run a lot. We run a, a lot of fantastic, and it's the best part of my job is to sit in on a session and hear veterans. They're so fantastic people. Um, but there's nothing quite like if you've got a, a veteran, a veteran or a caregiver who's a screen reader user and you see them struggling with the thing you made, whether you're a designer or a developer, like, Talk about motivation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and so I actually had a conversation with a developer not too long ago, and he was a little bit, you know, sheepish about what he observed. And I said, look, this is the last day of your career that you've ever not thought this way. From now on, you know, you're going to be thinking about accessibility all the time, mm -hmm. and you're going to make sure it works. And this is a new day today. And so... A lot, another thing that's really excellent that we find, and this is again, not particularly an IT per se issue is the language. So partnering with our content designers who are just so excellent, like the accessibility emerges from the language that we use, like mm -hmm. folks with cognitive disabilities who can easily keep track and don't see a quote wall of text like some of them will often tell us. Um, it's, and I have to admit that it's, it's not easy to find tech people who have these skills already. And when they join our team, like the extent that we take accessibility so seriously and talk about it every day, I think it's a little bit shocking <laughs> to them. Like, wow, you guys are not joking around. It's like, no, we're going to make this thing accessible from day one and we're going to talk about it all the time. And so one of the things I also keep in mind is that, you know, we work with a lot of contractors as everyone right. does in government. So these folks are not going to probably may or may not stay in civic tech forever, but having joined our team as, as intensely as we talk about and think about accessibility all the time, I feel like it's taxpayer money well spent because those yes. people are going to go on and They're go on. Yeah, I can't not think about this ever again. Like they're going to think about this. So that's one of the things I hope IT really starts thinking about more. Okay. So then take continuing with that. What do you think is going to be one of the greatest focus over the next five years? Well, again, this is not going to be an IT answer. <laughs> um, one of the things that's happening in the design world is a movement to have social workers included in the process. And so, and, and what they bring and the, the, one of the great things about working at the VA department of veterans affairs or the yeah. VA is that there's a lot of social workers at the VA. Yeah. Um, and so 
the notion of bringing them into our research and design work and what this movement is called in the design world is called trauma-informed design or trauma-responsive design. You know, we create so many digital tools that, you know, deal with really intense topics like people's health, their disability, their finances. This is stressful stuff like at yeah. the core of your life and your your soul really uh-huh. and so how can we create a digital tools that communicate in a calm way in a clear way you know someone might be a veteran might be in a moment of crisis we have a lot of veterans with traumatic brain injury and have post-traumatic stress disorder as a result like how can the tools we make help them have a calm clear experience and think about them at the center of the work we do every day. And one of the interesting things about thinking this way, it's not just a trauma-informed mentality to our participants and the people we serve, but it's with each other. Like, how can we support each other on days where we might have had a research session that was particularly tough? You know, and veterans will tell us some very tough stories. And so you hear that, and now you've taken that in yourself. How do you process that? And how does the team support each other actively in this work every day? And so this is not the tech answer at all. I'm I'm advocating and we are advocating for more humanity and more a more caring government. And that's really with each other and then with the with the veterans that we serve. So that's I would love to see this happen more in, in, in IT. And I'm hearing that a lot more across a lot of different things because like they, they're talking about more human centered centered design when it comes to yeah. a lot of website things so it just seems like uh, people are realizing a lot more that everything everything's moving to ai it's going to be so impersonal that Mm. you've (laughs) got to try you know yeah we can't lose the humanity there right Mm -hmm. these are people dealing with their government and nobody wants to spend more than one second longer on any government anything and so how can we make sure they have a quick experience and find what they need fill out the form, say, okay, whatever they have to do and be gone. And that efficiency hopefully engenders some calm, a feeling of just considering consideration for their time and for their lives, really. Uh Yeah. Well, Martha, I've loved this conversation. This has been great. Thank you so much for joining me today. Marianne, this has been my pleasure. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to check out our other podcasts, Keeping IT Brief and Afternoon Tea, available on your podcast providers. Mm.